As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your touch on our lives. Thank you for the visitation of your Holy Spirit upon us. Lord, we just welcome you to, to teach and instruct and to be rich in our midst. We welcome you to take whatever is said by this human vessel and make it even better as it hits our hearts. Holy Spirit, we invite you to be the teacher. You're the teacher. You're the pastor. You're the shepherd, Jesus. You're the one. And so we invite you to interact with us in the spirit realm. Open up our souls. We agree to silence and to shut up and to dismiss the unclean realm and those thoughts that contradict who we've become in Jesus. And we thank you for it. And everybody said? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Well, I titled this, uh, they won the title for the message, so I titled it, The Irresistible Man. Yeah. Or, An Irresistible Man. How many irresistible men in the room today? So it's kind of a Father's Day message, but, you know, if you're not a father yet, it's, it's cool. It'll still work, and, and uh, you can call it a man's message, okay? So, but what, it, what it's born out of, it was born out of this book, Love and Respect. How many of you have read Love and Respect? Anybody in the room read Love and Respect? Hands up everywhere. So, I mean, lots of, you know, I mean, this is a, this is a, uh, this is a, a million, you know, a million bookseller probably. Thomas Nelson, I don't know, it's way up there. How many of you have been told you should read it and you haven't yet? There's some honest people, good. Uh, so how many of you, you read it and your spouse hasn't yet and you're waiting for him to read it and you're upset about the whole thing right now? You're even upset that I brought it up. That's good. A couple of hands there. All right. Okay. So it was the, my message was born out of my message was born out of this book, Love and Respect, um, because in the book uh, he says that, and this is uh, this is uh, Doctor Egrich. Okay. Some of our last names are pretty crazy, right? A shepherd of the sheep who's named Wolf. That's a little weird right there. I mean, God, could you have called me to something else, like theft or something like that? Grand larceny? I mean, why would, is this going to work, Lord? Okay, so anyway, so, but what he, what he says in the, in, in the book, kind of the, the theme of the book uh, is that, that what men need, primarily what men need from their wife is uh, they, they need respect, right? 
This is what they need. They need, they need to be respected. So, and what, what women need from their... Did I get it right? Is this backwards? What women need... You just read the book. You got to help me. Uh, and that w- what women need is honor, right? And so, and then he talks about how that we, you know, we get off of these, we get off of, we get off balance in our relationships. He calls it a crazy cycle. We get off balance in our relationships, but if we would just do a few things to bring, and, and this is, and he says, this is kind of the heart's cry of men, is that, you know, you don't respect me. Uh, and the heart's cry of a woman is, you don't honor me. And so, but he says that if we would just apply a few simple keys, a few simple principles, that, that we would get back into a love cycle and off of the crazy cycle, we would get into this balanced place, we would get into a healthy place in our marriages. How many of you think that's a pretty good thing? How many married people in the building? Okay. How many used to be married? Okay. How many know what it's like to be married? How many are glad you're not married right now? Don't raise your hands on that. That's, that's bad, 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 bad. But, you know, a lot of us in the room, we kind of understand what he's talking about. We kind of understand, and we get that a little bit. And, and guys, I'm sure guys, you have felt disrespected. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how big of a deal that is for you. But he's saying that this disrespect is interrelated to your behavior. And that your behavior is a little wonky, a little sideways. And that if you would change your behavior in the relationship, then it would revive respect and she would begin. And I'm teaching, preaching, talking, attempting to do something primarily with men today. Because it's Father's Day. So... So he says, if you would, you know, revive uh, a few of these behaviors, then th- this would bring the correction, okay? And, and here's what they are, by the way. And I'm going to read them to you. He has them spelled out in an acrostic. You know what an acrostic is? So he's taken the word couple, and for every letter in the word couple, then he has derived his key to reviving respect in your relationship so that she won't have to think, oh, I need to respect him, but this is so hard to do. Ladies, you should have applauded me right there. Okay, so that, that can be the feeling sometimes. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. That can be the feeling sometimes is that, that he's demanding respect and might be using the Bible to do it. Uh, he's demanding respect, but... You know, there's some things that are keeping you from giving him that respect. So there's hindrances. And so, uh, and, and maybe sometimes you ladies don't even know what it is. You don't even know what's keeping uh, this from happening. Couple. Closeness. Number one, closeness. Everybody say closeness. She wants you to be close. Okay. So this is what, this is, and there's a whole, you know, there's chapters on this. Closeness. She wants you to be close. She wants you to be drawn near. Closeness. Number two on couple is openness. She wants you to open up. Now we know that ladies have something like 25,000 words a day. Men have maybe 7,500 tops. Right? We have the male grunt, you know. And uh, so women are like, 
and they're, you know, just want to tell us all about their day and talk and talk, talk. And then guys, you know, or they want to know about, you know, how'd it go? What happened? What'd you do? What happened at the car show today? Was it good? Yep. What happened? Not much. So did they have a barbecue and everything like that? Did they have burgers and hot dogs and all that kind of stuff? Yep. Were they, were they tasty and good? You know, you're asking these, you're asking these one answer questions for one. You gotta ask better questions. Okay, so we, we know that. So she wants you to open up. And open up's important, communication, right? So everybody say openness. Openness, that's the O. Number three is understanding. Understanding. This is an interesting one. She says, don't try to fix me, just listen. Okay? I'm not preaching on this book today. I got better stuff coming. Don't be shouting on this. Oh, I'm kidding. All right, okay. All right, okay. Understanding. Don't try to fix her, just listen. Everybody say understanding. Understanding, understanding. You, just, you nod your head just right. And then you say... Can you, can you repeat that so I fully understand love? Understanding, okay. Uh, the P is peacemaking. She wants you to say I'm sorry. Okay, nobody shouted on that one. Peacemaking. She wants you to say I'm sorry. And so, you know, this is all, and this is, these are kind of sort, I, I see these as, you know, sweet, uh, warm, relational, sensitive stuff. And maybe a lot of guys aren't sensitive. Anybody sensitive in the building? How about, are Christian guys sensitive? Are you semi-sensitive? Anybody sensitive? All right. That was kind of a medium. So everybody say peacemaking. And then the L is loyalty. She needs to know you're committed. So loyalty is a big deal. She needs to know you're committed. And that's not committed to the funny form, but committed to her. So she needs to know that's important. And then esteem, she wants you to honor and cherish her. Cherish is the word used to describe. So she wants you to cherish her. Okay, any cherishers in the building? Okay, so you gotta figure out how to cherish her, right? So, but here's, here's the Dwayne Wolf sermon. The Dwayne Wolf sermon is, um, that there's some things that I think are maybe foundational. And what I've found is that if I'm close, sensitive, open, understanding, warm, fuzzy, and snuggly, and I'm not doing some other things, then I'm in deeper trouble than you can even imagine. So this, so this is not like, this is not a, a negative on uh, Dr. Egrich's book, but I just wanted to share with you some stuff that I've learned, and then I try to throw all of his stuff on like whipped cream and cherry on top. Is that all right? So some other biblical stuff that I think is super important for us guys is, number one, you need to be a dreamer. Everybody say dreamer. Dreamer is so important. You know what? I have a theory. There's a reason why uh, Potiphar's wife uh, was pursuing Joseph. Yeah, he was a dreamer. And maybe we haven't seen that angle, but maybe Potiphar had stopped dreaming. Maybe 
She was attracted to him because he was actually attractive. Sometimes we have to go back to what made me attractive in the first place or what makes me attractive. Sometimes we're asking, why isn't my wife attracted to me instead of asking, am I living attractively? So number one, I think, guys, we have to be dreamers. I know for me, and this is just personal experience, I was one of the homeliest things on the planet when I met Mrs. Wolf. Now, I think Mrs. Wolf is beautiful, but there's no way she could have thought I was handsome. So, but she saw something in me that was, that was interesting. My teeth were crooked. My jaw was, I had overbites so bad, they moved my jaw forward five-eighths of an inch. So I wasn't, and I wasn't a bodybuilder, I wasn't an athlete, I wasn't rich, I wasn't cool, but she saw something in me, and I think what she saw in me was the dreamer. That's what she saw in me, was the dreamer. So the other stuff, she was able to move past the other stuff because she saw the dreamer in me. And I think this is so big for us guys. And I think what happens is that life wants to rob the dream out of your heart. And the further you go and the more experiences and the more trouble and the more this and that happens and, and some losses here and losses there and trouble here and trouble there. And next thing you know, You've stopped dreaming, but it's interesting. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the old guys will be dreamers. In other words, as you age, if the Holy Spirit is present in you and you're anointed of Holy Spirit, you won't stop dreaming. You'll actually go on to be dreaming. And this is huge. We, we, need to be, we need to understand, though, that this is, this is a big part of what is attraction. I don't want to have to say to my wife, I need you to respect me. I want her to desire to respect me. I want, to re I want her having something released within her automatically instead of forcing it with some biblical scripture or some mandate. And I think part of this is dreaming, and, and it's premature to get to this, but I think it is, and I'm already touching on it, it's related to your walk with God. Guys, if you don't have time for God, then you don't have time to dream. Because out of your sila time with God, out of your sila, and to be honest with you, a lot of my prayer time, a lot of my prayer life, and this is one of my points, to be that irresistible man, a lot of my prayer time is very selfish. I'm going to be honest with you. It's extremely selfish. Because I know I'm dead without him. I know I can't produce without him. I know I can't dream without him. I know I can't have, I can't have breakthroughs without him. I can't have vision without him. I can't have insight without him. I can't have self-control without him. So if your prayer life stinks, then I'm going to guess your dreaming stinks. I'm going to guess you're done dreaming. You're starting to look at the good old days instead of the days ahead. And we're not supposed to be that way. Psalm 92, 13 says, even in their old age, and I don't know if we could pull it up, sir, if you've got it, Psalm 92, 13. This is the will of God for you, even in your old age. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They will be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. The, the, the will of the Lord for you as you age is not that you stop dreaming. And if you stop dreaming, then you stop 
producing. If you stop bearing fruit, you stop producing, you also start to release something over your lineage, over your children and your spouse that's negative. And it forces them to begin to think of you fondly after who you used to be, not after who you currently are. Dreaming. We okay? I'm going to try to go fast. I don't want to linger on these. Provision is a big deal. Provide. Everybody say provide. This has got to be, I mean, these aren't in order, but, you know, number two, maybe. If you've got that Ecclesiastic scripture, Sarah, let's pull that up. Provide is such a big deal. It's so hard for you. You know, you could be as open as you want to be, as gentle, as snuggly. You could be as listening as you want to be. You could be as understanding as you want to be. But if you're not providing for your spouse, if you're not providing for your house, uh, she wants you out of the house. Get out of here. Why are you home? Right? I just want to be near you, honey. Uh, You could leave now. Providing is such a big deal, and, and we're in this crazy, weird culture where, you know, guys don't want to be under authority, they don't want to work, uh, they don't want anybody telling them what to do, they, they, they don't want, they, they want to be independent contractors. There's all sorts of guys trying to be entrepreneurs who aren't meant to be entrepreneurs. They just need to yield to a five-talent person. There's five-talent two talent and one talent people on the planet. This is what Jesus said. And a lot of us just need to yield to a relationship like that because in a relationship like that, we can flourish like the Joseph in Potiphar's house. But on our own, we're actually just fooling ourselves. We, we're, we're actually just, we're deceived, but it's yielding all this frustration within the relationship at home and with the wife because we're not providing. I'm not talking about any of you in this room. I'm talking about others that didn't come this morning, but I'm just talking about things that I've seen after 38 years of ministry that what happens is it just frustrates your wife and then you want her to be you know, happy and joyful and, and, and loving and respect you and, and cuddle and smoochy and she's like I'm trying so hard but this is killing me and then you think you have a Jezebel but the problem is she's got an Ahab Ahabs create Jezebels Jezebels aren't born they're created oh boy all right that's just provide pastor pastor did we go to Ecclesiastics I don't know if we did you had it there did you read it I know there's nothing better for them than to rejoice and to do good in one's lifetime. Moreover, that every man who eats and drinks sees good in all of his labor. This is the gift of God. There's good in your labor. There's good in your labor. Turn off the television. Turn off the game machine. Turn off the cartoons. Turn off the stupidity. When I was a, when I was a child, I acted like a child. I'm a man now. Act like a man. Number three is pastor. I really believe that as the Lord is our pastor, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says that as Christ is the head of every man, every man is the head of his wife. Guys, we're to pastor our wives, and I think that 
Psalm 23 is one of the best passages ever as we consider what it is to pastor our wives. That we, and I know, you know, we know Ephesians 5, we're called to lay down our lives for our wife like Christ does for the church, and that's a part of pastoring. But pastoring is more than vacuuming now and then. Pastoring is more than being attuned to the house and changing a diaper and kind of all of that, kind of that popular stuff that we're doing in serving. Yes, in serving, but pastoring is caring for her soul. Pastoring actually includes some other elements. Now, we call the modern-day church leader, it's kind of popular that we call the modern-day church leader a pastor, and we get that from passages like the Lord is my shepherd. We get it from the passages in the Old Testament where the prophet was also considered a shepherd. We, we get that from this understanding that the Lord is our shepherd. Pastor comes from the word shepherd, one who cares for the flock. Caring for the flock means we're attuned to the flock. We're, we know what's happening with the flock. Know the state of your flock. This is, this is your calling as a man in relationship is that you know the state of your flock. And so I think pastoring involves some stuff like uh, prophesying over your wife and over your family. You're the one that's got the prophetic word in your mouth. You're the one who is called to find the treasure in them, identify it, call it out, speak over it. This is part of a pastoral role is that you're developing your wife, developing, what if this sounds egotistical, if this sounds, if this sounds like, you know, chauvinistic, if this sounds like, you know, who do you think you are that, you know, you would talk this way about men, you know, women are great too, women can develop their husbands and women have a role as well. Absolutely. I'm only half the man that I was meant to be, Right. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know that. I know that. I'm not saying anything derogatory about women or about my wife. We know that woman was taken out of man. So I need the half that she has. I'm not going to deny that. But I'm saying that you have an office, guys, men. 
You actually stand in an office. Jesus is looking to you to pastor your wife. You stand in an office. He's going to ask you about this on Judgment Day. Did you, did you pastor your wife? You are her covering. You're her head. You're not to ignore her. You're not to send her off to somebody else. You are, you're her chief counselor. You're her shepherd. You're to be her guide. You're to restore her soul. You're to lead her by still waters. You're to protect her. And, and I think if we're doing this pastoral stuff, then I'm telling you, it creates this irresistible man. Anybody want to be that? No, I know you already are. Uh, let's read, let's read, um, let's read Psalm 23. Let's go to that, Psalm 23, real quick. You okay? Still here? It's Father's Day. Oh, that the men of God would be fathers that are beyond compare. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Oh, 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 every woman should be saying, my husband is my shepherd, I shall not want. Every wife should be saying that over their husband. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Mind, will, emotions, reasoning, and imagination. We're tuned in. We're tuned in. We're aware. I minister deliverance to my wife when she needs it. I minister love. I, I minister counsel. I minister encouragement. I minister prophetically. Prophetically. The prophetic ministry is to comfort, console, to edify. Comfort, console, to edify, to build up. He restored my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Guys, you, you kind of, well, that's, another, that's another one coming, but we kind of need to know where we're going, right? We need to be living on purpose. Every man in this room, if you're not living on purpose and in purpose, that's coming in a minute. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. This is what a wife should be saying. Even though I'm walking through something really dark and really negative and really heavy, I will fear no evil. For you, my husband, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You, my husband, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely... Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of my husband until death. It's a little metaphoric, but I'm not stretching it too far. If you go to Ephesians chapter 5, we're not stretching it too far to say that some of that metaphor can apply. And I would venture to say that this kind of stuff will create this respect that will flow up easily in the life of of the ladies, you got daughters in your house, in our world. Amen, is that all right? Purpose, let's go to purpose. Acts chapter 13, 36. I'm moving fast, it's not gonna be long. We're gonna get maple bars quick. Purpose, purpose, purpose. Everybody say purpose. purpose. Guys, you gotta know your purpose. 
If you don't know your purpose, go hide in a cabin for three days and fast and pray till you figure it out. Figure out your purpose. Not your vocation necessarily, but your purpose. The two could be intertwined, but maybe they're not. Acts 13, 36. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. Not until he had served God's purpose in his generation. Then he fell asleep and he was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. When? After he'd fulfilled his purpose. Guys, men, we have a purpose. We have a purpose. We have a purpose. We've got to find our purpose. If we, if we haven't found, here's what happens. If we haven't found our purpose, then we make her our purpose. So then we're looking to her for affirmation. And our purpose is to be with her and to care with her and to do what she wants to do. And our purpose is to keep her happy. And our purpose is to do the honey-do list. And our purpose is, our purpose is all built around her. And we're actually functioning out of rejection. We're functioning out of inferiority. We're functioning without a purpose. We're functioning without true leadership. And inwardly, she doesn't know it, but inwardly, subconsciously, it's breeding disrespect within her and she doesn't even know why. And you're saying, respect me, respect me. And she's saying, I want to, but it's tough. And she's not even totally sure why, but the reason is because you don't have a purpose. You have no clear purpose. And your purpose may not be what you do every day to make a living. You've got to figure out your purpose. You've got a purpose, and then you build your life around that purpose. She is called to have a submission to your mission. Protect. We talked about protect when I talked about pastoring, and I think that was good, Acts 20, 28 says, guard the flock, guard the flock. We got to be the protector uh, of our wife, of our family, of our children. Uh, we, we, we've got to be on board with, with those uh, enemies. I, I thank God for revelation. Oh, thank God for revelation. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Uh, one night I'm in bed sleeping, and... Uh, I had a dream, and uh, I saw dogs come into our house, and they went up into Jasmine's bedroom and were attacking her. Well, I knew that these dogs were a picture of demon spirits, like the demonic realm. So I went into prayer. I went into prayer. I went into prayer. Come on. It was no time to twiddle my thumbs, no time to wonder what to do, no time to tell my wife and tell her to pray. It was a time for me to engage spiritually so that a battle could be won over my daughter. Amen? Prayer, let's go to prayer for a minute. Let's go to prayer. Guys, I encourage you. I know it's important to pray together. Honey, would you pray with me? Yeah, let's pray together. I know it's important to have prayer together as married couples. How many of you heard that before? We know that's kind of important, but guys, did you know the most important thing is that you hear God on your own and hear God for yourself and that you have a quiet time that is loud in the Lord? I don't like quiet time because I like to make my quiet time loud, but, you know, it should be vocal. But how important is it that we pray? 
How important is it? It's so important because everything that we're actually talking about, purpose, protection, pastor, provide, dreaming, prophesy, all of this, every, every element of it, it actually springs up out of the wellspring. Out of, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spoke of the spirit which had not yet been given. That's not just like a soul winning verse. That's not like, oh, you know, I got this well of salvation about me now and I'm an evangelist and I share my faith. Your first congregation, guys, is your family. Your first church member is your wife. Well, you're shouting me down on that one real good. Anyway, so that's prayer, right? Give us this, give us this week our daily bread. Give us this day, our daily bread. Something about a dependency on the Holy Spirit, something so powerful about that, that it draws Father near to you so everything else that you need as a man, as a father, as a dad, as one who leaves a legacy flows out of that. And it's no respecter of background, history, color of skin, age, no respecter, no respecter. You know what my last one is today? Pursue. Can I have the band come help me close this morning? Pursue. Pursue. Every woman wants to be pursued, even after they're married. Pursue. You look at the model of Jesus, you look at the model, uh, the song, I was thinking of the Song of Solomon. <laughs> wow. He's running after the Shulamite. He's looking for the Shulamite. He's finding the Shulamite. He wants to bring the Shulamite into his love chamber. Pursue, pursue, pursue. Yeah, but we got some things going on in our relationship. Yeah, but we got some sideways stuff here and there. Yeah, but, yeah, but we just don't love each other like we used to. Yeah, well, just, you know, we've kind of fallen out of love. And, well, you know, it just seems like, you know, she, she doesn't seem really interested in being together. And, you know, it's just like... How many of you know the enemy wants to draw you away from one another, wants to drive a wedge between the two of you, wants to make you think that she's not attracted to you anymore to quench your pursuit of her? Move us into a little bit of self-pity. Move us into a little bit of rejection. Man, I just don't think she loves me anymore. I don't know. It's just, I'm not her number one anymore. I, just, I don't know what it is. Pursue. 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 Romans 5 8. 
while we were yet sinners, Christ came running after us. God came running after us. God came running after us. Yeah, we've been, yeah, but we've been married 25 years, and it's kind of like, it's kind of old hat, and it's kind of old now, so we've been married 30, you know, 38 years now. We, well, we've been married 65 years. It's kind of, you know, talking to the married guys right now. Pursue. Rise up and pursue. You're the pursuer. You're the pursuer. Yeah, well, she never tells me that she loves me. She never says a thing about how much she cares about me or appreciates me. Oh, she's your garden. Sow some seeds. She's your garden. She's your garden. Sow some seeds. Why are you waiting for her? Why are you waiting for her to pursue you? She's your garden. Sow some seeds. Law of reciprocity. It's going to work. Sow some seeds. It's going to work. It's going to work. Love her. Run after her. Tell her she's beautiful. Tell her she's still beautiful. Tell her she's still the one for you. Tell her she still ravishes you. Because that's how he would act. And that's how he acts toward us. And even as we age, anybody aging in the building? Even as we age, did you know something? He's still pursuing you. He's still pursuing you with your wrinkles. He's still pursuing you with your flabby arms. He's still pursuing you with your baldy head. He's still pursuing you with your graying hair. He's still pursuing, he's still in love with you. The Lord's still in love with you. Your husband is still in love with you. He's still in love with you. So could you be in love with her? Yeah? Let's stand this morning. foundational stuff. I just think it's foundational. I, I think if you're close, you're cuddly, you're warm, you're open, you're understanding, you're kind. I think that's all good. I think that's all biblical. I think that's all fruit of the Spirit stuff. But I think some of these other things are important. I, th I think if you're, if you're dreaming, it's going to make a difference. If you're pursuing, it's going to make a difference. If you're providing, it's going to make a difference. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed, just cross the auditorium for a minute. I want us to shift gears just into the presence of the Lord, the ministry of salvation. Because this morning, after second service, we're going to have baptisms again. And we're getting baptized to start over. And we're getting baptized to be refreshed. And we're getting baptized to put some stuff in that water in the the waters of death and burial and to leave it there. We're getting baptized for fresh anointings. We're getting baptized to turn some things around. We're getting baptized to get our joy back and to get the anointing back and present in our lives. So I want to just invite you this morning, you that have come, that you would welcome the refreshing of the Holy Spirit in your life that you would welcome the ministry of Jesus in your life, that you would let not yourself be stale, let nothing about you be stale, that you would leave even here this morning in a fresh pursuit of him as he pursues you, that you would respond. You know, the Shulamite, she woke up at one point and he had run off. He had run off. Her love had run off. And she's like, where is he? He was here, he was here. He was pursuing me, but she missed her moment. So then she longed for him. And I invite you this morning that you don't miss your moment. That you don't miss your moment. If that's you, as we close this morning,
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.